At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When I'm in retirement, I'll look back and be like, I'm so glad I made that decision. But sometimes now I'm like, oh, I wish I had like an extra thousand dollars to take a vacation or something. But I'll have plenty of time for that. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I'm your host and also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here with my guest today, Mary-Kate. Hi, Mary-Kate. Hello. Thanks for joining us. I'm so excited. Um, Did you pick Mary-Kate because of the Olsen twins or no? I did. Oh, you did? Okay. I was like, maybe this is like a reach. (laughs) No, you're right. Oh, awesome. Okay. Very cool. Well, um, so we've, we, I've got your spreadsheet here, but why don't, before we dive into that, why don't you give our listeners kind of your overview? So how old you are, where you live, what you do, how much you make and all, all that jazz. Yeah. So I am 21 years old. I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and I work as an associate food scientist making 63000 a year. And then oh. I'm also, I guess there's so much more, but I... I'm in an MBA program, so I'm working towards my MBA, and then I also am a home health aide for my older sister who has a disability, so I have a little bit of income from that as well. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. you got a lot going on. And you're 21? Yes. Oh, so you were one of the young college graduates, I'm assuming. Yeah, so I was originally young to begin with because I started kindergarten at four, and then I graduated college in three years. So I graduated college when I was 20. Oh my gosh, good for you. Thank you. It's like it was one like, of my flex that Yeah, that's a huge <laughs> I was about to be like, I graduated college at 21 too, but I did not do it early. I was just young when I started kindergarten. Okay, same. Yeah, but you did it in three years. I did not. I have no flex there. Okay. <laughs> so that's awesome. Okay, so you graduated. So you've been working for a year then already. No, so out. I just turned 21 in October. Okay. So I graduated in May of 2021. And then I had like an internship over the summer. And then I started at my current role in August. So it's been about four months. Perfect. Okay. And Omaha, Nebraska, fun fact is where Warren Buffett lives. Oh, really? 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That I think he's like 10th richest in the world or something. And very good investor. Very successful oh, yeah. investor. My grandpa talks about him all the time. Yeah. He's, he's great. And he's, I mean, he's getting up there. I think he's like in his nineties now, early nineties, which is wild. That is crazy. But yeah, a lot to be learned from Warren Buffett. Yeah. Cool that you guys are from the same place. (laughs) All right. So let's go through everything. So 63,000. So single, just you, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. And you're in an MBA program and you're also being a home health aide for your sister. Yes. So a little extra income there. And then, okay. So let's look at your monthly expenses. So are you living at home? I am. Perfect. Okay. Because I see zero for rent and mortgage, which is usually one of your bigger expenses. Yes. So very grateful that my parents are willing to hold on to me for a little bit longer. Keep you for a little longer. (laughs) We can save some money. You have a huge opportunity to save now because you have good income and you have not as many expenses, right? Yeah. So this is a big, big opportunity rather than you know, nothing wrong with the five-year plan, but since you're on the three-year plan, yeah. you have an opportunity here. So you're bringing in monthly from your food science job, um, $2,250, and then you bring in monthly from caregiving, $750. Yes. And okay. I, so the reason my, my food science um, paychecks are so low is because I put so much into my work 401k. Um, so it would be a lot higher if I wasn't putting so much in retirement. Yeah, so let's talk about also you have like a really nice pie chart here. A percentage of income spent is eleven percent, which I love. But it's good because we should do this now while you're young and and you know, you don't have additional expenses. So you can live really leanly and front load your retirement. So you are putting in to I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I just haven't seen one like this yet. Um you are after my own heart here. So you have a 3% <laughs> company contribution up to 6% uh, matching, which is 9%. And then you're putting in 30%. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> and I, I came upon, or I chose 30% because that will get me right up close to the annual contribution limit. And then yep. um, with Without the additional over. 9%, then that's just added. And yep. yeah, I'm not going over, which was something I did not want to do. Amazing. So you are putting in between your company match and yourself annualized uh, just a smidge under 25000 a year. Correct. Which is amazing. And then <laughs> in addition, you are doing the full 6000 into a Roth IRA. Yes. Awesome. And then... <laughs> and then... This would be a quick call here, Mary Kay. <laughs> I, I don't really think you need my help here. Then you're doing two thousand a month into because just to point out for anyone who's doing the math, your the three thousand a month, that's after the your contribution of basically nineteen thousand into the four hundred one K annualized. So you have three thousand after tax to spend. So from there you're taking a month 500 for the Roth and then that leaves you with 2500 and then from there you're taking $2000 a month towards a house fund so you're going to be saving $24,000 a year towards that and then from there you're doing $100 a month towards an emergency fund. Yeah. And currently you have a lot saved. So <laughs> so in the retirement cuz you just started in 
four months, you have 5,500 saved currently, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then with your Roth IRA, you already have just under 13,000 saved. Well, I have 7,000, but I like estimating at the end of the year, I will have. Between retirement, sorry. Yeah. It's retirement grand total. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. So, so far in the Roth, you have just about 7,500. Yes. And then once it switches to the new year, then I'll probably, I think I'm going to do a thousand dollars a paycheck for six paychecks and just get it out of the way. Yeah. This past year. Yeah. Cause I was going to do 500, but then that just like stresses me out that I might like get to the end of the year and then unexpected expense comes up and then I don't hit my 6,000. So I kind of just want to get the 6,000 out of the way. Yeah, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So you can do that. Um, and then for your house one, you already have 15000 saved. I do. And Amazing. so I did have a question on that. So I have it in a high interest savings account right now. And I know that it's kind of like if it's within like zero to three years that you're going to spend that money like the high interest savings account is a good idea. And then mm-hmm. there's like that gray area of like three to four plus you can, you should invest it. So I'm not sure if I should invest it into like a mutual fund and let it grow in there or if I should keep it in my high interest savings account because I'm not entirely sure when I expect to buy a house. To buy a house? Yeah. So th- if it's a short term goal, which I would push you given how much you're saving currently to keep it a short-term goal and not push it out if it makes sense for you because the interest rates are really low right now. Okay. Okay. And they could go up, which means you'll also make more money in the bank. So you, like the flip side of that is you make nothing in the bank currently, but interest rates from mortgages are low. So if you can lock in a low mortgage rate in the next couple of years, I would keep an eye on the mortgage rates. Okay. I think that would behoove you more than putting it in the market for 12 to 24 months because you're not going to be able to keep it in the market that long. Yeah. And I also don't want to like tie up my money in case like a house comes along that I think is perfect for me or something like that. I think if the house is the goal, the money is best spent or best served in the high interest account because also locking in a really great mortgage rate is ideal as well. Oh, yeah. Lock that in for 30 years. So yeah, I would I would keep it there. And just to, to rewind a little, because you do have some expenses. You don't do not have a lot. So you cell phone, groceries, gas, Spotify, and then some spending money. So I would say your total monthly expenses, I think you have down at three hundred and thirty dollars. Yes. So just and for anyone who's listening, that's why we're spending most of your money. Yeah, because my expenses are so low that I think, I don't know, I think it's better for me to like stockpile money or like retirement now while my expenses are low because in the future they're not going to be that low. And then I'll feel like I've wasted my money when I was young, like spending it on frivolous things and I could have been saving it. Hey, I did exactly what you were, what you're doing. And I think it was a great idea. So (laughs) from personal, from personal experience, I maxed out my 401k So I graduated college at 21, started my job right after I turned 22, like a week after I turned 22, and then started maxing out my 401k. I had absolutely no money. 
but that account has grown substantially since I did that at 22, 23, 24, 25. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, like, I know with compound of interest and the rule of 72 and all of that stuff that it will be like a major difference between like maxing it out now or like waiting to max it out in the future. So that's why I'm doing it now. And I'm not giving myself the choice of like having extra spending money because I will spend it and I'd rather save it. Yeah, no, and you're doing a great job. And I like how you have it all broken down for you're doing the uh, pre-tax at work and maxing that out. And then you're also doing the raw and then you're saving for the house fund. And it looks like you have no student loan debt. But let's talk about the MBA, MBA program. Are you paying for that at a pot? How is that? What's what's going on with that? Okay, so during undergrad, I so my parents have a five two nine plan for me that they contributed to my whole life. And okay. during undergrad, I had um, enough scholarships from academics that I didn't really touch it. And so my mom was like, "Well, you have to use it." So I decided to go get my MBA, and we're using. The 529, as well as I get like a $5,000 a year um, tuition reimbursement from my company. And um, so that will help a little, but it, I mean, the MBA is expensive, so it's not going to cover too much of it. But between both my work and my parents, I should be covered. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So you'll come out of that with a no debt also. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say uh, I would do exactly what you're doing, which is work really hard work a lot and save a lot because at the end of this you'll have an MBA no debt and you'll have how long is your program how, how much longer do you have uh, so I just started in October and I'm like two classes in so I have like nine to go so it, it all depends on how many I want to take at a time but time. I expect like end of summer 2023 I should be done perfect okay great so then you will have had almost two years of working and saving at that point so you'll be in a great spot I know. I'm so excited. I just want to jump yeah. there so I can like see how much money I've saved. <laughs> um, and I just want to make sure. So everything in the Roth and the 401k is invested, right? You picked investments for those. Yes. Yeah, so that was another question okay. I have for you. So for both my Roth 401k and my Roth IRA, I have them set with target date funds. Do you like those or is there a better option? Okay. So this is where it makes sense to some to have your own advisor and you can have someone go through your investments that you have offered to your company and make sure that they're a good fit for you. So we'll leave that there. But as long as they're invested and not in the money market, you don't want to have them in a money market. And you also want to make sure that you have a beneficiary. Yes. And I do have a beneficiary. And then I did, I learned, I don't want to say learn the hard way because it was like a month after I had made my Roth IRA, I realized I hadn't had it invested. And it was like only like $500 in there. And I was like so mad at myself. And I was like, well, in a month's time, I didn't like miss out on that Yeah, money, so a month a month isn't too bad. So thankfully, it was just a month. Yeah, yeah. And then I like showed my dad and he was like, well, like, well, why didn't you invest it? I was like, I didn't know how to. <laughs> yeah, they. I, I like to ask that, especially when you're first starting out, because it isn't always clear that you have to also pick investments. So I always like to double check that. Yeah. And I would have had no idea unless someone had told me. <laughs> well, you got everything else very figured out, though. Everything else looks great. Thank you. And I and I love this idea that, you know, working hard, getting your MBA, and then saving a boatload of money while you have very, very low expenses. Yeah, I know. I just know that, like, looking back, like, 
I don't know, when I'm in retirement, I'll look back and be like, I'm so glad I made that decision. But sometimes now I'm like, oh, I wish I had like an extra thousand dollars to take a vacation or something. But I have plenty of time for that. You can definitely, yeah, you'll, and you can definitely reward yourself if you get to the end of the year and you've done everything you could always do, take a vacation, still take a vacation. <laughs> okay. You're saving enough that you could do a vacation too. Okay. And I did, here, I have questions pulled up. Okay. Um, okay. So my one concern is that I'm saving, I, I know this sounds silly, but I'm saving too much for retirement and that I should be saving more for like my short-term goals. Is there like any rule of thumb to like decide what percentage should be going where? Because I'm obviously at the very high end with like 39% going into my 401k and then my 6,000 going into my Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. Do you, like, is there ever a time where it's too much going to retirement? So I have never had anyone come to me and say to me, I've saved too much for retirement hasn't happened yet. (laughs) I've met with thousands of people. That being said, I do think there needs to be a balance. So I wouldn't, like if all your friends are going to take a vacation, I wouldn't say, no, I'm not going to take a vacation because I have to save, you know, 39% for retirement. If you save 35, that's fine. Okay. So I would, I would balance it out. But I think that a great short-term goal for you is buying the house and putting money towards that which you are putting a good percentage towards that is important. But remember, once that money's saved for the house, that comes back into your budget. Obviously, then you would have a mortgage. So I would try and keep your mortgage underneath that amount that you're used to saving, right? So when you're going to go look for a house, it seems like you'd be comfortable probably around 2000 or maybe a bit lower, depending if you keep the home health aid job or depending on what happens with your salary. You can always rejigger things down the road. So I wouldn't, I, but I would do, if I were you right now with no expenses, I would put as much into retirement and then you can dial it back a bit and do 20% or 25% when okay. you have other expenses. Like when you move into a house and, yeah. know, and you need more, the house always costs more money. But I also wouldn't not take, you know, I think that I wouldn't, if, you know, if everyone's going on vacation, I wouldn't not go. Okay. Because you're doing a great job. You're spending $300 a month. So if you have to take, if you decide to take a vacation once a year with your friends, I think that's fine. It won't kill me. No, $1,000 won't kill you. No, okay. you, just take it, you could just, you know, take it out of the, where were we with emergency funds? You currently have 15000 for the house fund and you have 10000 for the emergency fund. So if you didn't do 1200 for the emergency fund one month and you just did 200 or you did you know, a thousand towards the house fund instead of two, 2000. That's not going to break that bank. Yeah. <laughs> it is not going to break the bank. Okay. Um, so I do have a question about my emergency fund because yes. I have 10,000, which is clearly well above the three to six months of expenses. And yes. so my thought process was I'm adding more money. It's only like a hundred dollars a month. So it's really not a ton, but adding yep. more money now so that eventually when I do buy a house and my expenses you have that yeah when my expenses increase dramatically that it will have been like stock you've already yep that's exactly what I was thinking that you already have your emergency fund ready to go for when you get into a house okay because a house is a lot more expensive you're obviously going to need to buy furniture you know going to need down payment whatever the closing costs are going to be then you're going to need to furnish it you don't have to furnish it all in (laughs) one go but you're going to need some furniture right you're going to need basic furniture and then that way you already have an emergency fund for that that new 
lifestyle. Okay. Okay, good. Because that was just my plan. And just an idea. I don't know if this was, is something you thought about, but when you go to buy a house, it doesn't have to be your forever home. You know, it doesn't need to be the perfect one. It could be a house that you get into sooner rather than later to lock in a low mortgage rate and take on a roommate so that you're not, you keeping your cost. You have, a, you've built in a lot of flexibility for yourself. So if you get into a house and then let's say the next two years, you could always rent out a bedroom or buy a two family mm-hmm. and, then, and then that can help cover the cost of it to keep your, cause you're seeing the advantage of having low expenses right here. Yeah. It is so nice. It's so nice. So you could keep that in mind. And when you go to buy, buy with that attitude, which is I'm buying a house because I want to lock in a 30-year low mortgage rate and I want to be building equity, but I'm also not going to take on that full expense myself. I'm going to have roommates and I'm going to rent, you know, I'm buying a three-bedroom and I'm going to rent out rooms or yeah, I'm going to buy a two-family and then that other side, you know, the upstairs will pay for the downstairs where I live or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, real estate is definitely something that I'm interested in. I would say my boyfriend is very interested in it. Like he always says, like long term, I think we like buy our first house and then pay that off, start saving for our second house and then like rent out the first house. It's a little more scary to me because like my parents aren't in real estate and they just yep. like save for retirement. And so that's like what my picture of like financial security is. Mm-hmm. So it'll definitely be interesting like once we're in that position if we decide to do that. Yeah, think about, I think it's important to think of a house as an asset, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think of it as an asset, you can look at it a little bit differently. So for instance, I bought my first property as an, my first property was commercial, so I didn't, didn't live in it. So I continued to rent an apartment, bought my first property as a commercial property. And then now my second property was a residence, but I bought a residence that had an income producing apartment inside of it. Okay. Which if I had, you know, you know, there's like the want need, right? I needed, I thought at this time it was time for me to have my own house, not just an investment property, but it was, I wanted a view, but that's a want, right? Not a need. And so in order to get the apartment, I gave up the view, but now the apartment in the property that I live upstairs, apartments downstairs, it pays the majority of the mortgage. So I live for very little. And as you're seeing here with what you've done by staying at your parents, when you live for very little, it frees up a lot of cash flow to help you hit other goals and hit or hit goals faster. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much faster. Like most of the money I've saved, I've saved since I graduated just because like when I had my internship, I was living at home and then now I'm living at home again. So I just yeah. haven't been able to save everything. And with a roommate, you don't have to rent the room all year either. You could do six months. Like there's all, it's so flexible. You just have to, it's just yeah. a different way to, to think about it. And if you do it and you hate it, you don't, you're not locked into it either. Yeah, true. <laughs> Kick them out. Leave me, please. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, th- I think you're in a great spot. Awesome. Yeah, do you have any other questions? Goodness. So I, this is not related to my finances at all, but I... Okay. Um, so with my MBA program, I kind of started that before I had a true idea of what I wanted to do with it. But now I'm like listening to your podcast and other podcasts similar. I'm very interested in like certified financial planning or um, certified financial advisor. But I like when I Google, I get conflicting 
results about if an MBA would qualify me for that or if I need to go through like the the licensing and the testing to get certified. Um, Do you have any thoughts on that? That's really interesting that you that you bring that up. So an MBA is never going to hurt, right? Especially given the fact that you're getting it for free. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> if you're coming out with $100,000 of debt, I might have a different opinion. But so in order to do, it depends on what you want to do in the personal finance space. So if you want to do, if you want to give out advice, then you typically need to be licensed or have a designation. So for instance, the CF Certified Financial Planner. Um, and that's a different... It's a specific designation. You go take their courses. They have the prereq. You need a college education to do it. You don't need an MBA to do it. You need a college education. And then you go through their program. And at the end, you take a test. The licensing is more if you're going to be managing the money. And then those are specific licensing. And it depends what state. It's very convoluted, as you found by Googling it. It's not very clear what the process is. And then there's also financial coaching, which is, in my opinion, Financial coaching is what you go to to get to the point where you would need a financial advisor. Like you're not ready for a financial advisor yet, but you want to get there. And then financial coaching is, I think, the perfect way to get you ready to, you know, bring up your net worth and get those habits in place that you do need, you know, a financial advisor. So it depends what aspect of personal finance or or financial services you want to go into, what would be the best path. Okay. I do, now that you say financial coaching... I do think that's more like what I had in mind, just like okay. helping people set their budget or like determine how to yeah. pay off debt or just um, like more the basics and like this is where you should invest your money because I don't even know that stuff right now. But I yeah, so financial, so financial coaching and they have their own designation as well, but you don't, for financial coaching, you don't have to get the designation just okay. be a financial coach. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that. Yeah, check it out. A shameless plug. I'm launching an, a mini class on financial services so that you can learn more about what the designations are, what the licensing is, and what those different roles look like and what you, you know, average for charging, kind of so you can see what the starting a business looks like versus what you can expect to make, you know, in a when everything works scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also a full boat course if you want to launch a business. One is like more you want to investigate doing it, kind of like what you're saying, you just want to understand how it works better. And then the other one is the full boat, like this is how you do this as a business. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely look into that. Yeah, that's a great question. I think we'll, I'm hoping that we'll see more women going into the financial services industry. It's predominantly men. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's nice to have a choice. Yeah, definitely. And I think like, if I were seeking out more professional help, I would definitely want to look for a woman just because I think you have a better understanding of my situation and I don't know what it's like yeah. to be a woman in business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think choice is important. I think it's nice to have a choice when you're searching for professionals. Yeah, definitely. Well, very good. Mary Kay, have I answered all your questions? Yes, you have. I wish I had more, honestly. No, you had great <laughs> questions. And you were probably the first guest to ask about getting into the industry. So that was fun. (laughs) Good. I'm very interested. 
Well, for all of our lovely listeners, you can, um, if you like our podcast, or even if you love our podcast, which even better, you can rate and review us at Apple, and please share if you like our podcast. And you can find our most up-to-date information on Instagram or on our website, which is www.futureridgepodcast.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.